Welcome back. It's the Brady Farkas Show right here, day before New Year's Eve on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. As we do every single Wednesday at this time, it's our guy, Freddie Coleman. You can check him out weeknights on ESPN Radio right here on WDEV at 9 p.m. Freddie, how are you? Hope you had a great holiday. I certainly, I certainly did, Brady. I really appreciate you asking about that. And it's always good to have a chance to spend with family, although. We made sure it was not going to be a super spreader event from that standpoint. We just kept it close to the vest with just a couple of family members. Well, glad you had a good one. And, you know, we were just talking about this. Um, do you think – I think Cam Newton is going to start on Sunday for the Patriots against the Jets, but he appears broken. Do you think he wants to start, or do you think he just kind of wants the relief of not playing Sunday? I think he wants to play because I heard and saw what he had to say about feeling that he let himself down and feeling that he has not achieved anything and that the season is broken because he put so much hard work into what he was trying to do being the starting quarterback this year for the New England Patriots. So I firmly believe that he wants to be out there being the starting quarterback. And I don't think it has so much Brady to do with being the Patriots quarterback in 2021, but also being an NFL quarterback in 2021 because now people have tape of Cam Newton as healthy as he's going to be the rest of his career. And do they believe he can still be a viable starter in the National Football League? Or do the Patriots believe that they have to move on to somebody else? So I get this is that Cam Newton wants to be out there because he wants to play number one. But number two, playing for his football life and not just with the New England Patriots. When you look at the Patriots, we all say, you know, pretty obviously, they need to get weapons. Do you think they're an attractive destination for free agents this offseason? Boy, that's a good question because I never thought about it from that standpoint because, and we talked about this before, my friend, more than ever before, if you're Bill Belichick, you got to hit on guys. you got to hit on playmakers, especially offensively, whether it's the NFL draft or free agency, without Tom Brady being there because that was the caveat, and that's nothing against Bill Belichick, but players want to play with guys that they really enjoy playing with or if you get a chance to play for an Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, you know what kind of coach you're getting into. Bill Belichick is still an old-school dude in a new-school way when it comes to the 21st century, but that doesn't mean that he's an attractive piece for free agents out there that may just not want to make that a money grab. We know the pages are not going to overextend when it comes to finances and it comes to free agents. So that's going to be an interesting question, how that's going to be answered. If a free agent is going to sign with the Patriots, unless they get a quarterback, if they don't believe they have a quarterback right now, then what is going to be the attractive place when it comes to the Patriots that somebody's going to say, yep, I want to go there, and not just for the money. You know, Patriots offensive coordinator Josh McDaniels could leave in the offseason. He's always linked to head coaching jobs. He says he wants to be a head coach again. Is he a guy that you think of, though, as head coaching material? I think he is a head coach material, and I think he could be a terrific head coach, and I firmly believe he's waiting to be the head coach of the New England Patriots. I think that's the job he's always wanted. There was no reason to me to not take the Indianapolis coach yeah. job when Andrew Luck was going to be a quarterback. So I don't know if he's got any kind of assurances from Bill Belichick or maybe Robert Kraft, the coach and owner, respectively, in terms of being that quarterback, being that head coach, excuse me, and taking over the football team. I firmly believe he wants to be the Patriots head coach and finish his career there after being an offense coordinator with the Patriots. And people have come along and said that opportunity was there, but Josh McDaniels decided not to take it. So I wonder how much of that, Brady, is because he's been assured that whenever Bill Belichick decides to go off into that coaching sunset, 
that this is going to be his job being the head coach in the Patriots. You know, Freddie, we see teams come and go every year. They're, they win a division one year, and then we don't hear from them for a couple of years. With what we saw from Buffalo on Monday night, do you think they have the kind of staying power that you would need to be really, really good for a long time in the AFC East, or can the Pats come back relatively quickly and overtake them? Well, I've always been a big believer that the NFL is no longer a year-to-year league. It's a second-to-second league where you can be 4-12 and 12 one year and the next year you're 12-4 and four and competing in the playoffs and getting a chance to go to the Super Bowl. I give you the San Francisco 49ers. Mm-hmm. In the Super Bowl last year, they should have so many injuries that they're last in the NFC West. But I look at the Buffalo Bills. They have what you would believe that could be staying power in this division. One, you got your quarterback in Josh Allen. Many people poo-pooed that pick when they said, man, Patrick Mahomes in the draft and all those other guys, why did you take this guy? And look what Josh Allen's been able to do. He would be a legitimate MVP candidate if Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes and Derrick Henry weren't playing in the NFL this year. That's how terrific he's been. But they also want to have one of the better coaches that does not get talked about in the NFL when it comes to Sean McDermott, who has done a really good job not only motivating his team during games, but leading in terms of preparation before those games get started. But players really love playing for him. They love playing and being a part of that playing that playing staff or that coaching staff that they have in Buffalo. When you have those two components together, I'm not going to say they're going to go on the run. What we saw from the Buffalo Bills in the 90s, we had Marv Levy as your coach, you had Jim Kelly as your quarterback, and all those pieces around them. But this is very similar to what they were able to do because they have playmakers on offense. They got a, a Diggs over here. They got a, a Cole Beasley over there. They got a running game. They got a tough offensive line. They got a pretty good defense. Those are the things that really make the Buffalo Bills that AFC team in the 90s when they went to four straight Super Bowls, even though they didn't win. So right now, they have the making of a team that could be on a serious run in the AFC East. But we've seen it before, Brady. You could be headline news one day, and then the next minute you're garbage news the next day because that's how the NFL is always going to be going forward, and that's been that way for the last 10 to 15 years. Freddie Coleman, ESPN Radio, with us every single Wednesday at this time right here on the Brady Farkas Show, WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. You can check out Freddie and Fitzsimmons weeknights, 9 p.m. right here on WDEV. I want to move, Freddie, to the NBA. So the Celtics, they're 2-2. Two and two. They're getting valuable contributions, though, from a rookie named Peyton Pritchard. Yeah, 10 points yesterday. Yeah. He was a four-year player at Oregon and the Pac-12 player of the year. Why do more teams, why do more fans not value the long-term college player? Everybody wants the one-and-done guy, but why Peyton Pritchard, four years in college, seems to be transitioning nicely to the NBA. Because we've been sold, or at least people tried to sell other people. They haven't sold me, but other people have been sold on the fact that if you're in college too long, that means you're not an NBA player, which is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard of. If you're a talented player, it should not matter if you went to college for one year or if you went overseas, you didn't want to go to college or you played three or four years in school. If you are a talented player, you'll find your way to stay in the NBA for a long, long time. J.J. Redick faced those kind of things, too, coming out of Duke. Where people said, well, he's too much of a shooter. We know if he's going to be a good defender. But if he was really that good, why did he play at Duke that long? And I said to myself, well, if he's a talented guy, it shouldn't matter that he wanted to play in college as long as he wanted to play in school or if he did not want to do that when it comes to Duke. So many people have put that narrative out there, Brady, that if you're in college too long, that if you're not a one-year wonder in college, that if you stay another year, that means you're less than your NBA stock. How many guys have we seen in the NBA now that may not be superstars but find their way on rosters? I mean, Tyler Hero heard about that, that he should stay in school. So that narrative always is going to change based on how they feel about a player. Because Tyler Hero, look what he's been able to do with the Miami Heat after one year where that guy has the makings of being a potential star in the NBA. 
But yet, a Dwayne Wade played three years at Marquette, and he left before his senior year. And many people said that was the right decision. So you're saying that if he decided to say one more year to play with his buddies at Marquette, that would have been the wrong decision? So many times the narrative to me is going to be dictated what they think about a player, how they feel about a player's upside. People looked at Peyton Pritchard and said, yeah, he should have stayed in school. So he does that. He got better and better. He's going to be a terrific player for the Celtics being that combo guard. But yet many people said, then why was he there for four years at Oregon? You can't have it both ways to suit your agenda because that's what this comes down to. Whatever agenda people want to push out there, they're going to push that narrative, and then you get players who don't get the respect they deserve and other players getting too much respect when they really don't deserve that. So the four-year college player gets disrespected. The big man also gets disrespected, too. But Tristan Thompson, 14 points, 10 rebounds yesterday in that win over Indiana. The big man's kind of out of style, but how much do you think he can help this team in the East? Well, he has a skill set that the Celtics did not have, and that is somebody that can really be a you-know-what on the offensive boards and also a quality guy in that locker room when it comes to Tristan Thompson. And those guys are usually a full supply. You just have to hope you hit on them and know where to find them. And you're right, when it comes to the big man, because we got pace and space in the NBA, that back-to-the-basket guy, that Patrick Ewing, that Carl Malone type, that's not going to be the guy that right now can work in the NBA. But things usually go in cycles. Watch you find a big man that comes out of high school that plays like Carl Malone and averages 30 points a game in high school and averages 20 points in the NBA, Brady. Then all of a sudden, people want to find that next Carl Malone to make it work in the NBA. Everything usually goes in cycles and imitation. It's a serious, serious form of flattery. We've seen that in the NFL. We're going to see that continuous in the NBA when you want to have a premium shooters. You can marry both. You can have an inside and outside game. But if you believe that you can't beat a team when Golden State was running through everybody and now other teams are like that, then you want to try to play that way because that makes your, your, that makes your team, your organization, more attracted to the guys coming out of college by any free agent out there in the NBA. Freddie, are you a New Year's resolution guy? Never, never been one. Yeah, me either. See, I, I've never understood it. I always just like, hey, if you have a if you have an issue or a, or a problem in quotes that you want to fix, fix it that day. Don't just wait until January first. Well, you know what it is, Brady. People always want to believe that once New Year's Day starts, that that is a clean slate for the whole year. That's placing a lot of pressure on anybody individually yeah. to say, okay, from this point on, everything is going to be better than last year. You know how you make things better in your life over a year period? You make sure that each day is better than the year before. If you had a great day on Monday, make Tuesday better. If you had a terrible day on Tuesday, make Wednesday better. That's why I've never been a resolution kind of guy. And each and every time I drive past a gym, it's like the ultimate New Year's resolution (laughs) where January 2nd, January 3rd, everybody is gung-ho. They're going to lose weight. They're going to be in better shape. Then January 15th rolls around. They're less people. Then February 12th rolls around. They're less people. And then March 1st is back to the same old, same old when it comes <laughs> to that. Those with New Year's resolutions are to me. Everybody's gung-ho on January 1st, January 2nd. Then by January 10th, well, maybe I'll do it tomorrow. Then by January 31st, maybe I'll try it next week. <laughs> and then by March 1st, they're back to the way they were in December, making up these resolutions to make themselves better. I'm not a resolution guy, and I'm not a, like, on uh, December 25th telling everyone see you next year ha 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 i don't like that joke freddie yeah yeah i'm not a big fan of that because we know a next year is coming and believe me especially after the year that plenty of us have gone through when it comes to pandemic covid 19 2020 plenty of us are looking towards december 31st and january 1st new year's eve leading into new years but it's not so much about just wiping away what happened in 2020 brady because we know we're not going to do that what can we do to make things better not just from an individual standpoint but also a collective standpoint if we can band together as human beings, no matter where you are, no matter what you do, to try to make things better for ourselves and everybody else, 
then slowly but surely we're going to find a way to overcome this pandemic. If we think that we have to get back to the normal that we had in 2019, then you're fooling yourself because you don't have a hot tub time machine that can do stuff like that. Try to make each day better for yourself and everybody else, and you'd be amazed how much progress we'll be able to make inside and outside of sports. I don't know about Josh McDaniels being a head coach, but Freddie Coleman's got me inspired, so that's what I could say. You could be (laughs) my head coach maybe more so than Josh McDaniels. Freddie Coleman, ESPN Radio. Freddie, we wish you a safe and happy new year, and we will talk to you again next week. And look forward to listening to to your show, 9 p.m. weeknights again in 2021. My pleasure, my friend. Have a happy new year and a blessed new year as well, Brady, and you take care.